you'll turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Proverbs 139. Proverbs 139. A few moments, we're going to look at verses 22 and 24. Are you trusting God? It's a great question for all of us to ask ourselves as we evaluate our relationship with God. This is the title of the series that we have been focusing on for the past couple of weeks. We've asked questions like, can I trust God? Can God trust me? And this morning we're going to examine and look at some trust principles that we find in God's Word. And these principles, I believe, will help us to continue to evaluate and expand our trust in God and His trust in us. There are actually five principles that we're going to examine over the next two Sundays. And I want us to start by looking at the first trust principle. You have a, an outline there if you'd like to uh, fill it out. The first principle is taken inventory. Is taken inventory. My wife is uh, noting to me that I may have given you the wrong text. Did I say Proverbs? Y'all should know there's only 31 chapters in Proverbs, and I should know. We're going to look at Proverbs 3 in just a moment, but I want you to look at Psalm 139. So if you'll turn that with me. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24 of Psalm 139. So you're not very far from there if you were in Proverbs. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way. There are what I believe to be three basic observations that we need to take from this principle of self-evaluation. We've been asking the question, am I trusting God? Are you trusting God? We've been asking the question, can I trust God? Can God trust me? These are questions that are searching questions. Questions that are evaluating our personal relationship, our personal walk with God. And so these basic observations that I think we can take from this principle of evaluation from this passage the first is that only God knows everything about us. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Some go, whoa, wait a minute. 
I really don't want God to know everything. Here's the truth. He knows everything. Only God knows everything about us. Sometimes we don't realize that we may not even know everything that is in our heart, but God does. We may have an idea that we do something for a certain reason, for a certain motive, but in reality, God knows the motives of our heart. And we need to allow God to search our hearts, to help us to take an honest inventory. Only God knows everything about us. The next observation is that only God can lead me correctly. Only God can lead me correctly. The, the psalmist recognized that our tendency is to want to follow our flesh rather than to follow the way of God. And that's absolutely true. When we talk about taking evaluations of our spiritual livelihood, of our spiritual health. When we talk about asking questions like, are you trusting God and can God trust you? The third observation is that taking inventory and trusting God begins with me. It begins with you. The whole issue is personal in nature. You can't do an inventory for someone else. Though we often do that, don't we? No, in reality, you can only take an inventory for yourself. We have to look at ourselves. It's a personal inventory. I want you to turn over now with me to Proverbs chapter 3. We have looked at this passage of Scripture as, as really a, an overview passage for the entire series. I used it really as our, our focus uh, passage for the first text. And I believe last week we may have looked at it uh, in our Scripture reading time. But I, I want you to do an exercise with me. I'm going to read a passage, Proverbs 3, 1 and 10, and I want you to count how many times that this passage refers to the reader. I want, to, I want you to, to look at how many times the passage refers to the person that is reading the text. Here's a hint. Look for you and your, those words. So look with me at Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 1. My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commands. For they will bring you many days a full life and well-being. Never let loyalty and faithfulness leave you. Tie them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will find favor and high regard in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your 
your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Think about Him in all your ways and He will guide you in the right paths. Don't consider yourself to be wise. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will be healing for your body and strengthening for your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first produce of your entire harvest. Then your barns will be completely filled and your vats will, be, will overflow with new wine. Anybody got a guess at how many times it refers? 16, 17, 18. A lot, right? <laughs> Go back after you have lunch today and, 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 and count to the T. And look at this passage of Scripture and realize how pointed it is at the reader. At us. At ourselves. It is pointing us to a personal inventory. You see, first we are to do our part and then God does His part. The second principle is to recognize God as your source. To recognize God as your source. In James 1.17, we read these words, Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. We know this in our minds. But how many of us truly practice an appreciation for all that God gives us? How many of us really realize that God is the source of everything. Of everything. I read a story recently about the, the sheep in the highlands of Scotland. These uh, sheep would often wander into the, the rocks of a mountainous area and they would get into places where they could not get out of. The, the grass there on the mountains is very sweet and the, the sheep love it. And instead of staying in the valley, sometimes they would, they would go up into these mountainous areas and it was interesting because they would, would eat all of the grass that they could get to easily and, and they would work their way up these hills and then they would look down eight or ten feet below them and they would see a patch of really green grass. And they would work down this steep hill onto a cliff to eat this grass. And, and they may be there for the whole day eating all of this grass, but, but after all the grass was gone, they would then look around and realize that they were stuck. They could not jump back up onto the edge where they came from. And so they would begin bleeding in distress. The shepherds, though, they learned. They learned to wait and wait and wait until the sheep was so faint from lack of food that it could barely stand before they attempted a rescue. The rescue was simple. It consisted of, of one shepherd being lowered down by another on uh, 
down to the sheep with a rope. The shepherd would grab the sheep and then they would both be pulled to safety. When asked why the shepherd didn't rescue the sheep at the first sound of distress, the shepherd said this, These sheep are so foolish that they would actually jump off the cliff to their death if the shepherd came immediately. Sort of reminds me of people sometimes. I wonder if God didn't uh, give us a, a, a jab by using sheep to describe people and himself to describe the shepherd to give us a nice word picture. You know, we run from God and we get out on the cliffs of our own self-sufficiency until we have no friends and we've lost everything. And then we start crying out for God. But what we must realize if we're going to trust God is that He owns everything. He is the source of everything that we are blessed with. And I don't know about you, but I, won't, I don't want to die on a cliff of self-sufficiency. I want to know that God is the source of everything that I've been blessed with. I want to live a life that reflects the reality that God is my shepherd. He is my source. He is my provider. And I don't want a single person to ever question whether God is the one in whom I trust. Trust principles. Take an inventory. Recognize God as our source. And the third is to understand God's stewardship principles. Understand God's stewardship principles. And don't get me wrong on this. When we talk about stewardship, we're talking about managing everything that God has given us. Our time, our energy, our gifts, our abilities, our influence, our resources. That's what stewardship is all about. It is being a good steward of all of the things that God entrusts to us. And so I want to share with you some of God's stewardship principles. First of all, we need to understand the reasons why Christians don't practice good stewardship. The reason why we often fall short when it comes to giving of our time and of our resources. First of all, many Christians don't think they can live, meet their own needs, and still give. When we start talking about finances, these people say, I'm not sure that I can do what I'm supposed to do and still take care of my family and, and meet the, the household budget and meet my own needs. 
tell you what God's word says to that. Trust me in this. Trust me in this. The second reason is some don't know how to give. It wasn't modeled to them. Someone once asked J.C. Penney how he could give so much to his church. He simply stated that he just continued to practice the same principle that he was taught when he made his first dollar. He said 10% is still 10% no matter if you make a dollar or a million dollars. The third reason that many Christians don't practice stewardship is because they don't plan to give. Many times when we're planning our finances, we don't plan to give. Lack of planning always comes down to emergencies. I want to encourage you to plan financially. If it takes reading a book or going to a seminar, do whatever it takes to have a financial plan. And please, please, don't ever trust banks to tell you how much money that you can afford to borrow because they never figure in the tithe. Don't ever get yourself in a situation where you're living right to the edge of your means. So, those are the three reasons that many Christians do not practice stewardship. And so let's look at some stewardship principles that I think will help us and encourage us and push us towards being good stewards of all that God has blessed us with. The first principle is this, the who's in charge principle. The who's in charge principle. Remember what we talked about last week. God is the owner and I am the what? Manager, the steward. When it comes to making decisions about what to give or what to buy or how to invest, realize that God is in charge. He is the owner. We are the managers. Psalm 21.4 tells us that the earth is the Lord's. All it contains the world and those who dwell in it. What belongs to God? Everything. He's in charge. The second principle, quickly. The give and grow principle. The give and grow principle. I recently read a quote about stewardship that, that really made sense to me. It, it went like this. Some say dedicate the heart and the money and resources will follow. But our Lord put it the other way. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, if your treasure is dedicated, your heart will be dedicated. If it's not, it simply won't. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. When you give, you grow. You grow. We've got to understand that practicing stewardship produces personal spiritual growth. There are many ways. I believe that 
that when we practice good stewardship, we find our spiritual gifts. Our faith grows. We become more sensitive to spiritual matters. We, we bear fruit in God's kingdom. We receive a blessing from Him. We are a blessing to others. And we make a lasting contribution. If you were to ask someone who gives generously what the number one benefit of giving is, they would say, is to me. I benefit. It's growth. Stewardship, you see, isn't about church budgets. It's not about nomination lists. It's about followers of Christ following Christ. You get that? Stewardship is about people who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ following His Word. Too many times we give our time and our talents and our resources based on the need of the church. The reality is that it's us who has a need. We have a need in our personal relationship with Jesus Christ to be good stewards, to give in order to grow. The third principle, the do it now principle. Do it now principle. Samuel Johnson once said, the person who waits to do a great deal of good at once will never do anything. The person who waits to do a great deal of good at once will never do anything. Let me ask you, how long are you going to wait before you find out your spiritual gift? How long are you going to wait before you use that spiritual gift? How long are you going to wait till you start using your finances and resources as a good steward? You see, we, send, we tend to say, I'll do it tomorrow, right? I'll do it tomorrow. I'll find out what my spiritual gift is tomorrow. God isn't ever going to hold us accountable for tomorrow. He's going to hold us accountable for today. Today. Years ago, there was a prosperity preacher that went from town to town telling how he once only had $20 in his pocket and when the offering plate was passed, he put all $20 in and then he became a millionaire. Well, you can imagine what his next statement was. The plates are passing and you just need to take the step that I took and God will make you a millionaire. But one night he was in Toledo and he shared this story and then gave that call as he sent the offering plates. And one lady raised her hand. And she said, Sir, I want to make sure I understand. You said you only had $20 and you gave all $20 to God and He made you a multimillionaire. Prosperity preacher, preacher replied, Yes, that's how it works. And the lady asked one last question. She said, Would you be willing to do it again? Well, the answer was no. <laughs> he wasn't. But please understand that stewardship doesn't mean that we are supposed to give everything away, but it means that we must be willing 
to tithe and to give to the Lord as He directs as a sign of our dependence upon Him. There is no time better than the present to practice good stewardship. The next principle is the I'm in debt principle. I'm in debt principle. Nobel Peace Prize winner Albert Schweitzer once said, Whatever you have received more than others, in health, in talents, in ability, in success, in your home life, in your childhood, all this you must not take for yourself as a matter of pleasure, but in gratitude for your good fortune you must render some sacrifice of your own life for another life. For another life. Romans 1, 14 and 15, Paul wrote, I am obligated. Paul says, I am obligated both to the Greeks and the non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish. That is why I know I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. This passage points out that Paul understood that he was a debtor. He was a debtor. And we all need to understand that we are debtors. Every single one of us. We are debtors to God because of every good thing that He has given to us, and we are also debtors to the previous generations. I mean, just look. Just look around you. Look at what we've been blessed with here at Salem. Is it all because of everything we did? <laughs> Absolutely not. We have to realize that we owe a debt to those who have gone before us. We are indebted to them. You are indebted to many saintly men and women who are willing to sacrifice so that we could experience all of this today. There has been blood spilled so that we could worship freely in this church today. So many lives. So much sacrifice. The question remains, are you willing to step up and do your part. Before you may have thought, Pastor, I don't really have a part. I haven't figured out what my part is. But now you know you're a debtor. And it's your responsibility to find out what your part is and do it. The last stewardship principle, and then I'm finished. I love this one. I'm celebrating... We are celebrating our 20-year high school reunion next month. Some of you say, oh, you're just a young buck. Y'all, 20 years has gone by fast. I mean fast. The next 20 go faster. The next 20 go faster. And then the next 20 go faster, right? Then the next thing you know, you're going to your 100 high school reunion, right? The fountain of youth principle. 
the fountain of youth principle. Folks, we have got to understand that we can live forever through our giving. We can live forever through our giving. Someone once said we exist temporarily through what we take, but we live forever through what we give. Through what we give. Luke 9, 24 and 25, Jesus said, For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. For what is a man profitable if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Why? Listen, you, you don't have to be a mega wealthy person to practice the fountain of youth principle. It's not just about dollars and cents. Stewardship is about time. Stewardship is about energy. It's about your enthusiasm for something. It's, 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 it's about all that God has blessed you with to be faithful to Him and to be a faithful steward of what He's blessed you with. Maybe it's a talent. Maybe it's the reality that you got more time than most people do. Well, you know, preacher, everybody's got the same amount of time. Well, yes, that's true. But some have responsibilities that take up a lot of their time. Whatever it is that God has blessed you with, understand that the way that you gain and I gain is by giving it away. The way that you gain and I gain is to give it away. I know that sometimes you get discouraged. You know that I get discouraged sometimes. But let me tell you that although I get discouraged, I'm excited. I'm excited about the prospects of what we can do when our vision and our mission takes us beyond the four walls of this church. When we individually and corporately recognize and accept the responsibility that we have. Not just in our families, but in our church. Not just in our church, but in our community. Not just in our community, but in the world. And folks... There is nothing that can stop us in what we can accomplish for the kingdom of God if we're willing to truly be good students. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you for being the source of every good thing. You are so good. You bless us beyond measure. 
we do not deserve all that you give us. And yet you still give it to us. And yet you, you want to give us more. You want to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. And many times we get in the way of that. So Lord, help us. Give us the grace and mercy to understand stewardship, to understand these principles, and to live them out. No matter where we are, no matter what our bank account looks like, help us, oh God, to be good stewards. For your sake and for the sake of the kingdom of God. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.